Hello and welcome to the Start Here podcast for web development. My name is Dane Miller, and we're here to teach you how to build a career in web dev. You can find us online at starthere.fm. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Start Here to Be a Web Developer podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about how to be an advanced beginner and how to overcome being an advanced beginner. This episode is all about being an advanced beginner and what that means and how do we approach it and what that mental philosophy gives us or allows us to do. So stay tuned. It's going to be really awesome. First, I wanted to talk about a few different things. One is we're still on iTunes. And if you haven't given us a review in a while, that'd be cool. So hop over there and do that. Um, Also, you know, we have some stuff going on on our website, dane.io. So cruise on over to there uh, to check out, you know, what's going on. There's often, uh, you know, I have blog posts going up all the time and different content that you might be interested in, especially if you are looking for sort of a programming mentor of some kind. That's kind of how I approach the content that I write on that site. So if you're interested in that type of content, and again, you know, I don't Um, I have some sort of paid programs, but most of the content on that site is free. So just head on over there and I would love to, you know, interact with you, get your feedback. Uh, Also email me, uh, miller.dana at gmail.com. You know, just send me any sort of feedback that you have. I love hearing from you guys and I love all the feedback that I get uh, because it, it really helps inform what I make episodes on. This episode, the start here, episode 30, and on the advanced beginner is a direct result of the feedback that I've gotten from you guys about this topic. Okay, so that's it for administration. Let's get right into it. This concept of being an advanced beginner really comes down to the need in our brain sometimes to introduce mental concepts to help us think about something or approach something in specific ways, right? So there's mental frameworks or mental concepts that you have in your life for all kinds of different things. Um, You know, one example of this, I suppose, is the purple cow concept that Seth Seth Godin's books are often about concepts that he's created. So I kind of look at him as an example of this. And these are kind of mental frameworks that he creates. And, you know, the linchpin sort of framework or idea and, the you know, I guess they're ideas, really. They aren't necessarily mental frameworks. They're ideas. But I kind of view them as frameworks because they're ways to think, right? They're, they're things that in which you can think about how to approach something. And the advanced beginner is exactly that for programming. If you're getting into web development for the first time, basically what I think is your first goal should be to become an advanced beginner. And then your second goal should be to become, to get out of that, to become a mid-level. And those should be your two goals. And I think you can basically race towards them at breakneck speeds. Um, And I'm going to kind of lay out my formula for how I would approach uh, becoming an advanced beginner and then also getting out of it in a minute. I mean, that's kind of the most important part of this, but I just wanted to, at the beginning here, talk about, you know, why do we do this? What is this? And really the reason that we focus on this mental framework in in particular, the reason that I want you to try as an experiment to focus on this mental framework is because learning uh, programming 
is very difficult. And it's especially difficult if you're in another career currently and you're transitioning into web development. If you're already over the age of 26 or 25, whenever scientists estimate that it becomes harder to learn things, scientifically, it's going to be more difficult for you to enter a new career because it's actually a little bit harder for you to learn something at an older age versus a younger age. And I'm not sure exactly you know, what, this, what the science is. I just know that is the science. So uh, you can read about that if you want. But the point is, if you want to get to become a programmer or a web developer or get into one of these roles at a at a technology company, be it a digital agency or startup or whatever, you basically need a level of understanding and a level of proficiency and a level of confidence in those skills that they require in order for you to get that job, right? That's the most fundamental thing is when you want to get a job, you have to have some kind of proficiency at the skill that the job is requiring, right? Also though, key is that you have to have some kind of confidence in your ability to execute that skill or your ability to learn on the fly and execute that skill because that is key uh, to get the act to actually get the job, right? To receive the job, you kind of have to feel as though you deserve the job. There's some kind of psychology there. In fact, in a lot of job interviews, there's a lot of psychology. We're probably not going to get into that in this exact episode, but just in general, the fastest way that I know to get there is to become an advanced beginner. And that is just my opinion. But again, try this as an experiment, right? So I'm going to lay out this uh, framework, this uh, sort of formula of how to become an advanced beginner and then how to get out of it. And this isn't a super complicated type of formula. This is just, you know, the steps that I would take. And uh, and a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about, I might even refer to another episode uh, because I did talk about a sort of checklist on the Ruby on Rails episode one. That episode has this sort of checklist of uh, how to learn Ruby on Rails, that checklist can apply to almost any learning framework. And I'm going to reference that a little bit. So now that you have kind of an understanding of why I want to tackle this topic, you know, because you know that I think it is the fastest way to get a job. So now let's get into exactly what is that formula I was talking about. So the first step, the first thing that you have to do, the most important thing that you can do is gather context on the industry that you want to enter, right? And so if you just go to YouTube and type in learning solo versus bootcamp, the first result is this episode, start here, Ruby on Rails podcast, episode one. So you could also Google that and you'll just find it. But that episode, I, I talk about context for 10 minutes. So I'm just going to briefly sort of give a, a light understanding of it here that I, you know, and then I want to reference, send you to that episode. But um, so the context that I'm talking about, guys, it's so important and so many people don't do this. What I want you to do is I want you to do everything that other people don't do. And not necessarily from like, a, I'm not talking about that from a working hard point of view. I mean, what do, what do people actually not do? Well, here's one thing. People that want to become programmers, they certainly don't do this. They don't read 10 tutorials before they ever do one, right? They might take a Coursera course or they might take a X, Y, or Z course, or they might actually, you know, some people do some cool stuff. I'm not downplaying what people actually do. I'm saying they do some stuff that's interesting, but what I'm telling you they don't do is nobody reads tutorials. What I need you to do 
is do a little counterintuitive thing here. And when you wanna get into the industry, and this is just an example of context, right? There's many types of context, but when you wanna get into any industry, one thing you have to gather context, one way to do that for web development specifically, or any programming really, is to just read tutorials, right? Now, why, why are tutorials so good? When we're talking about context, we're really talking about getting the verbs, like the, you know, the, the sort of nouns and verbs of the industry, right? They're always different in any industry, the language that is used, and we wanna kinda absorb that into our brain. And the best way to do that that I've found is just to read a massive quantity of real stuff. So for instance, I wouldn't recommend you Google web development thought leadership type blog posts. And the reason I wouldn't recommend that is because in those blog posts, they're all gonna be very opinionated. And you can certainly look at blog posts with a ton of code, that's fine, that's kind of what I'm getting at here. But blog posts where they're just kind of like opinion pieces about web development, I see some newbies kind of going down that path of reading those a lot. And I'm telling you, yeah, you might get a little bit, but I'm the tutorial thing is way better. Like I, I think they're both viable paths for absorbing context, but I really think the, the tutorial path is the key for web development. And that's just one example of context, right? Here's another one. In Elon Musk's biography, he says, uh, he doesn't say, but if you read the biography, every single time that he wants to get into an industry, so SpaceX, Tesla, uh, solar, every single time what he did and this is his actions, like this isn't what he said, this is, these are his actual actions. He basically went and found out, like sought out immediately. Uh, the, the Literally the first thing, this is what I noticed, the first thing he did was sought out a group of individuals that had deep knowledge. In uh, SpaceX, it was the Mars Society, which allowed him to, it was a strategic move for him to go to that meeting and try to sit in on that and kind of meet everybody there because it, it served like four purposes for him. Um, but in all the other ones, he would go out and seek out just a group of people that had deep industry knowledge and he would meet them. And he did it because he knew he was Elon Musk and he had the money of PayPal and he could fly all around the world and meet these people and do this. And that's the most efficient way to gain context is to do it in person, real with like the best in the world at that thing. But you're not Elon Musk, I'm not Elon Musk. We don't have that specific tool available to us to hop on the jet, go find out the best in the world at a, the industry that we want, the best web developer in the world, go to his house, take him out to coffee, pick his brain with what are what were his actual actions, not what does he say, right? Like what, what were his actual actions? Kind of try to deduce that. We don't all have that ability. So that's not in our tool belt. So let's just, you know, but I'm giving you an idea of like how, great people, how important context is to them, right? So the first thing Elon did was did that. So this is key, guys, this is key. The context is huge. Um, so we don't have that tool in our tool belt, right? The jet and the ability to meet top people. So, you know, here's another example that we might have in our tool belt, which is YouTube, right? There's like hundreds of hours of videos of people and here, here's what I'll, here's the actual language that I'll say to you. Every week, if you want to be a web developer, every day, if you're serious about it, I want you to click around on web development talking type videos, right? That's the uh, that's like the best way I can summarize what I'm trying to say is just click around on web development language type videos. 
literally. Like, you don't even have to know what the hell you're listening to. Just click around and listen in. Like, if I, you know, when I want to get better at finance or investing, what do I do? I go on YouTube and I click around to financial talking type videos. I just listen to that shit because, you know, we, we need to gain context. It's key. Without context, you can't, your brain subconsciously can't associate the things that you're learning with real actions in the world because you can't visualize how the language of what you're learning translates. So with web development, what we're doing is we're hacking that by going straight to tutorials and we're having you read them. So what that does is it allows you to just skip all of that and it rewires your brain to sort of understand, okay, this is the language of how people actually write code. So the implementation of the skill, right? That you're trying to learn, the most key thing. And then we can backward, you know, stepping backwards from that, you'll you'll go to do a tutorial, right? Like, ten, you know, you read 10 and then you go to do a tutorial. On that 11th tutorial, when you actually go to do it, like I said, you're going to look at the language and you're going to be like, okay, I got to do that. And I just read nine times what that was. I know exactly what that means. I don't necessarily know what the underlying technology is doing. I don't understand any of it, but I know what it said and I read it 10 times, right? So you kind of understand through context in that way. So key guys, key. And I, I, you know, I'm going to kind of stop talking about it here because I'm duplicating what I said almost word for word at this point uh, with that video. So go check out, start here, uh, Ruby on Rails episode one. You can find it on iTunes or on YouTube, uh, both great places to watch our content. So now the next step after you've acquired context, and, and again, in that video, I really go into tons of other cool ways, guys. I, I really want you to check that out. I talk about going to IRC, right? So I really want you to go check that out. But, you know, moving on from context, what is the next step? So the next step in this formula is to basically reps and sets, right? Repeat, repetition. It's uh, the practice, the art, the artistry the worker's touch, the craftsman, all of those mental philosophies in life that you hear about, all of those can be brought under one umbrella in this second step where we're saying, do it, do it a lot, do it a lot over and over and over and over and don't stop. All of that, that's what it means, right? So here's what we're going to do. Basically, I want you to do 25 tutorials. I don't care what they're on, what they're about, what they're for, what you're doing them on, what ideas you have about them, how you could apply them, what they, you know, what language or framework you're choosing. I don't care. Just pick one language and one framework, Node.js, Sales, Ruby on Rails, Python, Django, PHP, Laravel, C Sharp, .NET. I don't care what you pick, what language and framework, pick one and don't switch. Just pick one and then it's all about the reps and sets. Do it over and over. 25 tutorials. Can you do that? If you could do 25 tutorials in two months or a month um, and you complete them all, I'm pretty sure that you're going to be extremely successful. There's very few people on the planet I could tell to do 25 tutorials to and they would actually do it. I, I'm. This sounds kind of crazy that there, that there would be people that are interested in switching careers and then when I tell them to do that, they st they don't right like that's lit legit advice and somebody wouldn't it, it seems kind of weird that that would be the case but i'm telling you very few people will do that here you know do 50 tutorials 
If I told you to do 50 tutorials, how many of you would actually do that? 2%, 3% maybe, max? You know, maybe 10%, I don't know, that would be crazy to me. But that's the key, you guys. I want you to be a part of that 2% that does shit. Like that two, and I'm not just talking about doing anything. Like you're all busy, we're all busy, everybody's got stuff to do, that's fine. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, I want you to be part of the 2% that does massive stuff, massive actions. I want you to be prolific in the way that you approach your work. Be the 2% of people in the world that is prolific. That's what I was just identifying there. If I told you to do 50 tutorials, realistically, if I told you to do 25, how many people would actually do it? It would probably be the few people that are actually going to be prolific, right? Because that's such a high bar, but it's only the people that achieve the high bar that actually really do great stuff. And I want all of you to be like that. So just do it, right? Like, so just, just do it. Like, fuck what you think or whatever. Like, fuck all those like negative thoughts that come into your brain and just literally sit down, make a list of the 25 tutorials that you want to do and see if you can actually complete that. Can you actually do that challenge? Um, and then after that, you know, we'll move on to the next step, but that's a key thing. And here, here, I'll make it a little bit easier for you guys. If you can't do 25, do 10. If you can't do 10, do five. And that's minimum. If you're super busy and you don't have to do five, right? If you have free time, do 25. I'm telling you, it can only benefit you. And these are these are actually doing the tutorials, right? We're at the step where we're doing it. We're being prolific. We're reps and sets, repeating, repetition. We're not reading. That was the previous step. In this step, we're just doing. So after you've completed step two, step three, we're going to focus on projects because to be an advanced beginner you really have to have proficiency over the trade so the tutorials were giving you a skill like programming now we want us we want to focus more on like the trade itself and so do you want to be a rails developer or a django python developer like what whatever your framework that you chose that's kind of the trade I'm that's kind of the trade I'm referring to right so what we want to do now is we want to build a project in that framework and therefore give you an idea of what it's like to do that trade. So for instance, it's very different to be a Rails developer versus a Django developer versus a .NET developer. Your day-to-day -day life is different. Your workflow is different. The tools you use are different. Your mind state is usually different. The way you program is different. The bugs you encounter are different. The teams you work on are different. The companies you work for are different. The corporations that hire certain people are different. It's all different. But there's consistency within the pockets. There's consistency within the Rails world and the Django world, but there's a lot of difference too. But I'm just identifying that there is cons some consistency within the pockets. So once you've decided, you know, and you should have done this as like step zero is like decided what language and framework. And if that's something that you are all are struggling with, email me, miller.thane at gmail.com, put in the subject line, I don't know what language or framework to choose. And that's it. And I'll reply to you. And, um, just give you one. Here's the thing, guys, and this is a side note. You want to get paid to learn programming. You don't want to not get paid, right? Because why, like, why not, right? So what that means is you want to learn all of the languages that you're going to learn over your lifetime, which is probably 20 plus, at jobs where they pay you, right? Like, so... 
the key here that I'm getting at is pick one language, stick with it until you get your first job in that language, and then learn new stuff. Typically at jobs, you have to learn new languages anyway. So that's what I want you to do. I want you to be like, and this is another thing people don't do. Every single person I talk to that listens to this podcast jumps around from language to language to, you know, all this stuff. You can't be doing that (laughs) until you get your job. Then you can do that because you're getting paid for it. And it better be a hobby. You know, it could be a hobby. I guess it doesn't have to be. But um, that's my advice is, is just stick to that one one language, man, until you get a job in it. And if you don't know what to do, just pick Rails and be done with it. And don't think about it too much. Just pick one and go. Pick Node, pick Rails, pick Django, pick .NET. It doesn't matter, really. Just pick one and go and then get that job. Boom, lock it in, done. Then start executing projects at that job in that language. And then... There will be opportunities within that job to learn new stuff, and you're going to take those opportunities and grow and grow and grow, uh, and from there, it just sort of expands, and it's great, and you're getting paid for it, so that's key. So now that we had that sort of side note, (laughs) on to step three. Again, step three is projects. Here, what we're doing is we're doing a project in the language that you've chosen, so you've chosen the framework, you've chosen the language, you decided to stick with it. Now we're going to start working on the project. So the key here is that we want to do every step of this project and maybe two or three projects exactly as though you would do it at the day job, in your seat at the day job, literally exactly. Like, so somebody could pick you up and plop you down and you would just be like doing the same stuff and you wouldn't even know because you're, you're already doing the day job. This is where the confidence comes in. At the beginning, I talked about this confidence and the psychology aspect to the advanced beginner. And this step, step three, phase three, I mean, these steps are long, right? Each step here could take you months. So these are kind of like phases, but phase three, step three, this is really where the psychology comes into play and you're starting building this confidence in yourself. Um, Phase three is also best with a mentor that is in the position you want because then he can tell you exactly what, exactly how to do the project, like at your day job, right? Um, I can't give you all advice on how to do that because uh, it could be a Ruby project or a .NET project, and exactly what you would do, um, for, you know, exactly step by step to be at the day job uh, is different for each sort of framework and language and programming environment. You could want to be a game developer, although I guess you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Um, but anyway. What I am going to do is I'm going to start by just giving you sort of a high level of web development sort of project best practices in this step. And it's not going to be crazy specific because, again, I I don't know your specific languages, so it's going to be kind of generic. But I'm going to at least give you a few items that you can spin off. And again, the the key point of the step is to find a mentor in the position that you want. It could be me uh, if you want to be a web developer. It could be somebody else if you want to be something else. Um, a front-end developer, Ruby on Rails developer. Sorry, I meant it could be me if you want to be a Ruby on Rails developer or a front-end web developer or a, yeah, that's about it. Um, but if you wanted to be a .NET developer, you know, you could go on Twitter and find people and then reach out to them and say, hey, I got a few questions, DM them. Hey, do you mind uh, if I paint, if, if I ask you a few questions? I see in your profile you're a .NET developer at Microsoft. I've got a few queries. And a lot of them will totally be happy to do that. Right, so it's all about finding the mentor, asking them like, "Hey, I'm I'm working on a project. How would you? How do you uh, work on projects at your day job? Can you just give me like a step by step checklist that you go through 
at your day job when you're working on a new project at a very high level doesn't have to be a lot like five checklist items or or 10 checklist items max like i don't want to take up a lot of your time this is what you could write in a message to somebody like that and they would happily reply some of them won't because that's a little bit of an ask but a lot of them will reply and simply give you a, a simple checklist right if somebody get if somebody asked that about me uh for ruby on rails i would say yeah sure make sure that you're using version control that would be item one. Item two is create a new repo in version control. Item three is create a new Rails app. Usually I prefer to do it without the test. So I do dash T and then I also specify the database. Sometimes it's different. And then step four and step five and so on. I could keep going, right? And so did you notice how I gave like a little tip in there, like about how I prefer to start a new rail a new Rails app by using dash T and stuff? This is kind of the little juicy info that you're looking for. So I want you in this phase, phase three, to identify what type of project you want to build. It could be anything. Go on GitHub, go on the go on the internet, find other projects built in your framework, literally decide to copy one. Then what I want you to do is follow my high-level items here and then to, to execute on the project. The first high-level item is to find somebody on Twitter or online, Quora, etc., that has in their profile the language and framework that you want and then send them a note and ask them if you can ask them a few questions because you're a beginner. A lot of them will be happy to, to just go ahead and get that locked in and then in a minute when we get to the questions, you can ask them. Then the first thing that I would do is go ahead and learn Git and get set up in version control. Every single job that you use, I can generically say will have a version control system. So go ahead and get Git installed and understand how to use it. You could use SVN, you could use Mercurial. I work at companies that try different ones. They all three seem to be in play right now. So you could you could choose Subversion, Mercurial, or uh, Git, but learn one and really get into it. Then the next thing is you want to actually start the application. And before you do that, though, what I want you to do is focus on this pre-development uh, phase. So in the job world, we would call this the design phase, right? Um, the designer does mock-ups. They do hand-drawn mock-ups usually, and then they do uh, Photoshop mock-ups sometimes, and then they do website mock-ups sometimes, HTML and CSS, and then you know they'll go back to the drawing board and do more drawings and so forth. So you know, I'm not gonna really go into all that. What I am gonna give you is just one item here. So after you've looked into Git, what I want you to do and set up like the, the Git project, what I want you to do is then I want you to find a project online that uses your framework or you suspect to use your framework. If it's Python, pick Quora, right? If it's Rails, pick Twitter. If it's .NET, pick a Microsoft channel 9msdncom thing, uh, blah, 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 right? Then I want you to take out a piece of paper, and this is the design phase I was just talking about, uh, pre-dev phase. Take out a piece of paper and draw a mock-up of what that website looks like that you're looking at. Do it high, uh, low fidelity is what we call it, so not a lot of detail. We, we call this low fidelity mock-ups. Not a lot of detail, right? Just draw some boxes, you know what I mean? Put some like scribbles in for text and so forth. Um, you can actually go to our website, starthere.fm, and then uh, simply scroll down and, or, and then go to the next page and you will find what our hand-drawn mockups look like. So if you go to starthere.fm slash page slash two, you can see right at the top there, if you just scroll a little bit, like five, six pictures of mockups that me and Keith did. 
So that's a great example of what mockups look like. So I want you to do that. I want you to do these mockups and I want you to do it for the site that you suspect you're, uh, is using your framework. Then now that you have these mockups, you kind of feel like I bet, well, shit, I've read so many tutorials. I've done so many tutorials. Now I kind of know, uh, you know, what I need to do a little bit and I've got these mockups and I'm kind of ready to go. So that's exactly right. And the next step is to just get going and basically start executing on this project. Now, again, hopefully you have a mentor on Twitter. At this point, this is the, this is the step where you're gonna start asking them questions, right? So you, you now know, um, you have your drawings, you have all kinds of different stuff, and you have Git set up, et cetera, and you probably have followed a tutorial to get a basic application up and running, right? Like you, uh, you could do that by following a tutorial. And then I would send over the questions to the mentor about how they do projects. Like what are some common guidelines? If you just want a short question, I would say, what are some common guidelines that you follow when starting a new .NET project, if it's .NET, or a new Ruby on Rails project, if it's Ruby on Rails, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they'll give you some good tips, right? Then what I want you to do is go ahead and look up on, look at your example that you've drawn and then break that example into tutorials like Quora. There's a home feed, and then there's like some buttons on the left and buttons on the right and then a search bar at the top, right? So the home feed, that's kind of like a blog post index page, right? Because there's like an input thing at the top and you can type in something maybe and there's a, a feed of stuff. It's kind of like a blog post index page. So you could look up how to build a blog tutorial for that portion. Then on the left, there's some buttons. You could look up an HTML tutorial for how to, how to add buttons. Then there's a search bar. You could look up a, a sort of how to do search in Rails, how to do search in .NET, how to do search in Python, how to do search in Laravel, right, or Django. So then you'll find a tutorial exactly on what you need, et cetera. Um, and then you can, with the buttons, you want to link those buttons to other pages. So you could do how in Google, how to do, how to make new pages in Rails, how to make new page, you know what I mean? Just kind of follow this train or this line of thought until you've accidentally created an application. Um, and again, you want to reference and ask the mentor any questions that you have, try to develop a relationship with this person, you know, just send them a DM or every now and then and just say, Hey, you know, put, you know, put in your Twitter profile that you're a student, you know what I mean? So they kind of know in instinctually what the relationship is like. They're helping you in that way. Um, so those are kind of my steps for actually building the project in phase three. You know, and a lot of you will want to do phase three a lot, like for many, many months. It should be like a six month thing for some of you. For some of you, it should be a two month thing. For some of you, it's two week thing, right? It just depends on the person so much. For phase three though, you know, you could do three projects or one project. It really depends on you again. And also for phase three, where you're actually building the projects, this is really where it's worth investing your money. So a lot of you are thinking about boot camps, And the reason you're thinking about it is for phase three, right? Where you're actually doing the thing, you have no idea how to do it. Well, guess what? Because I've given you a framework where you've done so much prep work, step phases one and two, you actually don't need to go to a boot camp. You actually don't need to spend all that money, right? Another option is to find other, this is where you might get more education. You might do a Coursera course in phase three. This is the phase where you could also look into getting a mentor or a coach that you pay for. So again, this is the phase where you could potentially invest some money to actually learn because this is the, the phase right before you go out and start interviewing, right? That's kind of why. Um, 
And I think this mental framework allows you to really succeed. If you do all of these phases and you get to the end of phase three, I believe that you're an advanced beginner. And again, that's contingent on you executing the phases correctly, right? Like we discussed, having the mentor, uh, maybe even investing some money, doing education, maybe going to a boot camp if you're that type of person, right? Or, you know, paying for a web development coach or something like a mentor or something like that. Um, if you're interested in my web development coaching, go to dane.io slash coaching and you could check out that there. Again, this is the section where you might not want to or you might want to invest money. And the thing is, it's dependent on every person. So for instance, I knew a guy who was a web developer or wanted to be a web developer, but he worked at a kind of crappy job and he was trying to support his family and he was having a hard time already, right? So he couldn't afford this type of stuff. So he simply... Uh, did all of those phases on his own. And he used Twitter to do uh, DMs and find mentors. And guess who that person was? Oh, that was me. (laughs) Right? Like that was me. So not everybody has the money to afford this type of stuff and you don't need it. But if you can, it's a massive benefit, guys. It's a massive benefit. So I recommend using your money to invest in yourself, right? Don't use your money to, to buy stuff. Use your money to invest in your own future, Right, what you put into your brain, I think, comes out ten times. So, if you read a Plato book, it comes out ten times. If you watch a reality TV show, it comes out ten times. So that's good and bad, right? That means we need less crap and we need more gold. If you need more gold in your life and you need less crap, one good way to do that is by having a mentor, having a coach. And you know what? Every single leader and every single organization, or at any level has coaches and mentors like and you probably all know that because i've sort of touched on that topic in previous episodes so we don't have to dig into that too much now but that's a key part of phase three and without that i really don't know if i personally would have been able to be so successful and you know a lot of it i attribute to the mentors that i've had right and just the and not even because they helped me in any way networking wise but rather because the little you know, watch their actions, right? The best tip I can give you about mentors, you know, for me, I didn't necessarily ask any questions. I didn't even DM somebody on Twitter. For me, when I became a web developer, my mentors didn't know they were my mentors, right? I want you to be like that. Be like, you know, that's a little um, clever, right? So what I want you to do is find people and model them. That's another way to have a mentor. Find people that you want to be like and model them. And here's the key. Here's what I was getting at. The the one thing I would tell you is model their actions. Don't model what they say. Model their actions. Look at how they walk and talk and think and say stuff. Look at their Twitter and Facebook and social media presence. Look at their work and the things they write, their blog posts, how they speak and communicate. Look at the way that they direct their online businesses as a whole, right? Like if they're, I guess for web developers, that doesn't apply. But so for me, one person that's been that type of mentor without even knowing it for my entire career from day one to now is Ben Orenstein. And he's a really sort of somewhat famous uh, thought botter who is a Ruby on Rails developer and a Vim user and so forth. And he's done all these conference talks and live coding sessions. Really cool guy too. And he's got a bunch of Q&As online. And most importantly, he has this video series on Upcase where you can actually watch him and a CTO at ThoughtBot 
this genius guy, refactor code live and talk through it. And they have multiple videos of them going through their whole process of building a feature from start to finish in the framework that I want to use. How could there be a better mentor for me? These guys are geniuses. ThoughtBot is viewed as like, from Rails, I mean, it's like almost an academic institution at this point. It's a, it's a company full of CTOs, right? That's the joke, is anybody at ThoughtBot could be a CTO at another company. So what, could, what more could I ask for, right, out of a mentor? I want you to think that way, right? I want you to look up, go to go Google video sites for the framework that you like uh, framework name videos, then look at who created that site and then go look at the job he has and then go look at his about page. And does he have the life that you want? Because if so, follow everything he says. It, there's this great quote. I don't know who said it, said it, but the quote is you should basic. And I think it's like a Warren Buffett type thing where he said something like there should be people, there should be situations where you ignore everything that everybody says for 10 years and, but still read and kind of learn on your own. Right. But he's saying there should be times in your life in which you ignore everything that everybody says for 10 years. And then on the 10th year, you find one person that's worth listening to and you do literally everything that they say. So that for you has to be this person that you found through research and through mentorship and perhaps through your own personal struggles. So those are the three steps and phases that I would really identify after you've completed them, you're an advanced beginner. So that, that's what I would identify you as after you've completed those steps and you're ready to go get a job. But I'm not gonna really talk about going to get a job in this episode. I want this series to last over multiple episodes and we're already running super long here. Um, so I'm gonna end, I'm not gonna discuss on this episode how to get out of being an advanced beginner. I know all of you were waiting for that because I've had multiple people ask me about that a lot. But here's what, I'll, here's what I am gonna do. I'm gonna tell you that on the next episode, we're gonna talk about how to get out of being an advanced beginner and everything, that's fine, we'll do that. But here's the thing, everybody that writes me in saying they want to know how to get out of being an advanced beginner, what I'll posit is that you aren't stretching your advanced beginnerness as far as you should. Your advanced beginnerness should stretch you so far in your career that you're multiple years in. If you're multiple years in and you were writing me that question, I accept it. If you weren't, I don't accept the answer. I don't accept that question because you're not ready, right? Like, I guess you could choose to try to exit that faster if you wanted, but I don't really see any benefit in doing that, guys. I don't really see any benefit in doing that. And here, here's the thing in my mind, you want your career to be organic. So what if you started a job as an advanced beginner and you maybe grew through like two or three jobs and you landed at a place that you liked and you were there for a year? What if through that process, you had seamlessly become a mid-level without even knowing it? That's how seamless I want your transition from advanced beginner to mid-level to be. And here's the key. It only will come through massive, massive amounts of hours that you put into programming. That's the only way I think it will come. For me, it only switched over after I did that. It only switched over to senior after I did that even more. And it, it only will for you. If it was another skill, it would be massive amounts of hours writing, right? For If it was another skill, massive amounts of hours welding. Same thing. I don't know if I believe in the 10,000 hour rule, blah, blah, blah. But 
I will say that you want your career to be organic and it's nice to look back in life and be like, oh, you know, somehow I was an advanced beginner and now I'm a senior. Like, I don't know. Like it just happened. You know, that's kind of the goal, right? You want to not have to focus on the dumb questions of life. So a dumb question is, how do I get out of this thing that's giving me massive value? Being an advanced beginner is giving you massive value. Uh, so to me, uh, you know, a dumb question is like trying to get out of that too fast because I'll, I'll caution you greatly about jumping to a job that is too far ahead of you. I'll caution you greatly about that. If you buy into that premise that you don't want to get a job that's too far above your level. You want to get a job that's above your level, certainly, guys. But if it's not achievable, you're not going to be in the job long, right? So that's the thing. Now, what we want to look at is if you buy into that premise, then what that means is really having that organic approach is helpful, right? Because the organic approach is slow and steady, right? One step at a time. I did this project, the next one's a little harder, the next one's a little harder, next one's a little harder, and so on and so forth. And step by step by step by step, by rung by rung by rung, like it just goes on and on and on. And at one point you're an advanced beginner and the next you're a mid-level. And I will, in the next episode, like I said, I'll give you exact KPIs for how to get out of that. And I will preface that episode by saying, I only want you to do this if you're like in year two of your career, right? Being an advanced beginner is fine for the first two years of your career or the first year, right? Let's say the first year. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would say that. I, I'm going to preface that episode by saying that, by saying, I want you to listen to this if you're in the first year of your career. If you're not, don't listen to it. But again, if you're really interested in that, I will give you all those KPIs there. But I'll just say in this episode, it's nice to not need to do that. It's nice to look back on life and be like, oh, you know, things just work themselves out. Success just came that, you know, new jobs just kind of came, like things just kind of happen when you deserve them, right? And how do you deserve them? You follow the three steps that I laid out, the three phases. You do this, you do the work, you put in the hours, you deserve stuff. If you do that, you don't necessarily need to email me asking questions about how to get out of being an advanced beginner. If you're emailing me that, I will pause it again that you don't necessarily deserve to get out of it because guess what? You're not. So you don't deserve it because you're not like <laughs> you only get what you deserve. I can't give you an answer that you don't deserve and you can't, I could, I could give you an answer that you don't deserve, but you can't achieve it. That's what I'm getting at. There's no tricks in life. There's no hacks. I can't get you a job without you deserving it. You have to put in the fucking hours, guys, put in the hours, put in the time, no matter what, keep going and keep learning. And I'll just see you in the next episode. Later, guys.